Okay, well, welcome back to the Be Human cast. Uh, I'm Andy. And I'm Susie. And uh, and we're back after our slightly extended hiatus uh, due to uh, summertime schedules and vacations and various bits and pieces. So uh, we're back and uh, tonight we're going to be talking about episode three of season two. Yay. Yeah. So we're a bit distracted. Which is playing over here in America. Yes, which is only just recently aired. Well, at the point in time recording this, it's just aired in the US. By the time you hear this, um, episode four may well be out. Um, yes, but, it will uh, be. I thought it would be annoying. So, yeah, we're, we're quite excited at the moment, Susie and myself, because in a couple of weeks' time, we will finally meet in person, face-to-face. <laughs> and uh, the po- right. yeah, the podcast will swiftly end afterwards. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the shock of us meeting. Like, oh no! <laughs> oh, okay. I uh, no. That'll happen. Yes, no. Um, it's Dragon Con uh, for anyone that's been under a shell and hasn't realised. Um, over it's Labour Day weekend, isn't it? That's what you guys call it, I believe. Uh yes, on yeah. Monday. Yeah. So um, over Labour Day weekend, start first proper weekend in September. It's Dragon Con in Atlanta. Um, and I'm heading out to the US for uh, my first ever experience of a big US sci-fi convention thing. So uh, I uh, wish it was here in Texas so that you could come to Texas instead of Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's fine and everything, but golly, I know uh, it, it would be nice if I could. Uh, um, well, if I if I had an, a, like a whole load of money. I could do like a big tour thing, and I could then travel around and f- see all the be- you know, all the between the line folks and stuff as well. And but uh, but oh, so I'm going to Dragon Con. I don't know when I'm ever going to get to go again because it's taken me over a year to save up enough money to get out there this time. Um, and um, I mean, I think next time I go to Big Con, I'll probably go try and get to Comic Con. But if I do go to Comic Con, it won't be next year. It will. It'll be. 2012, 2013, probably. Oh, you can't go 2012. Why? The world's going to end then. Okay. Okay, I'm just thinking, do I want to go here, don't I want to go? Okay, let's go. Why Susie's a world go end in 2012? Oh, that's what everybody says. Okay, I don't know if you thought it was because that's when the Olympics are happening in London. <laughs> oh no, because the prof, the, uh, prof, somebody I forgot who it said that the world. It's not one of these Nostradamus things, is it? Yes, yes, Nostradamus. I think it's Nostradamus. Because he got everything else so right. I know it goes to show you how much I pay attention to it. I'm like, you know what? As long as I can see the rest of season two of Being Human, I'll be okay. Yeah, but then you might be midway into season three or season four or something. And then, you know. Oh, way to burst my happy bubble. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just trying to say, the good, so the key thing is, is in a couple of weeks' time, Susie and I are going to be at DragonCon. And uh, hopefully, all being well, we're also going to both be on the Being Human panel at the Brit Track at DragonCon. Yes, Andy got me on there. I am so excited. So, uh, well, I, would, I think got me on to a bit of extra. <laughs> I basically forwarded an email saying, please can Susie join me on the panel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be alone. It's scary. Uh, uh, no, so I, I have no idea whatsoever what I volunteered myself for. <laughs> but because it's, it's it'd be fun. fun. 
fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So yeah, uh, we did the between the lines uh, panel there, and it was it was a lot of fun. People yeah. are people are really interested in the podcasts that are coming out and the things that are going on and the Brit track at Dragon Con last year. That's why I spent most of my time besides the podcast track. It was it quite was, funny. It was huge. Yeah. I think I had to fill this application form, and I'm pretty sure one of the questions was sort of like, what's your experience or what's your knowledge of British sci-fi TV? And I'm pretty sure my answer was something like, you know, I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I, turn well, on, I... I turn on the TV. <laughs> no kidding. So, uh... I got my picture taken with the TARDIS that was standing there because we were going to go hear um, Gareth, uh, David Lloyd talk about the mm-hmm. Captain Jack experience and his experience on Torchwood, mm-hmm. and it w- the talk wasn't starting until eleven o'clock. I got there at seven o'clock in the morning, and the line started. I was when I got there at seven in the morning. I was the fourth in line. People started lining up that early, what? and oh, it was. There were about, I would say, 200 people in the room. Yeah. I mean, it was it was filled. But I was standing right there by him, and I got to chat with him later at the uh, I don't know, at the bar. He came mm-hmm. up to me, and we were chatting and stuff. And he's very, I mean, he's a real nice guy. He just came right on up and was chatting. We ought to post that picture. Hmm. Okay. So I would like for some of the being human people to be there. Yeah, but I don't think they are going to be there, unfortunately. Mm. I'll Mm. I'll give them Hershey Kisses. Well, um, you know Russell's on, uh, just on that note, Russell's on Twitter now. So if you're not following Russell on Twitter, please do go follow Russell on Twitter. Uh, So you now got Sinead and we've got Russell both on Twitter. So uh, please go follow them. Uh, he, well, he's only been on there a few days. He's, he's not been doing too badly. He's around about 10,000 followers now, so he's doing okay. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so send him some love. But, uh, yeah, send him a message, Susie. Offer him Hershey chocolates if he flies out to Atlanta. So, uh, I think it's you too late what? now. I'm doing, you laugh. I'm doing that right now. No, it's not too late. Nathan Fillion showed up unannounced, and they had pictures yeah. for him. Oh. He was on a panel and everything. So, so that, that's Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion is to do whatever the hell he likes, I think, and, and get away with it. You know what he did, Nathan Fillion did? I was standing in line to have my picture taken with uh, James Marsters, so I was in line, and Nathan Fillion was taking a picture of some guy that was dressed up as the Hulk, and he kind of almost backed up into me, and he turned around, and he looked down, and he goes, Hey, how's it going down there? I was like, Oh, that's not nice. And But I started laughing so was kind of funny. Anyway. But he has a very pretty smile. <laughs> anyway. Let's drag this back Sorry. to some semblance of order. So anyway, anyway, before we just wrap this intro up and get on to talking about episode three. So the key thing is, is that I, I have no idea what the schedule is going to be for the podcast of the next few episodes. Um, uh, with Dragon Kong, hopefully you might get some recordings from there. We'll hopefully try and grab some fan recordings of stuff. I, I don't know. But uh, it may well be that we don't talk about episode four for a little while but we'll see it's all going to be a bit mad so um okay oh well, the only other thing is um susie uh, i know that uh, this is a particularly pet favorite subject of yours have you seen on the bbc blog 
about the supposed haunting of the recording for Series 3. I can't get to it. Ah, well, no, you say that. But one of the first comments someone posted on the BBC blog was from someone in the US saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know why, but I can view this for once. Yeah, because they went through a proxy or no, something. No, 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 no. The, the, go, go now, go now. Go. Open browser. Now. Go BBC Co. UK slash being human. Lift music. You can just tell what a swift, efficient, professional podcasting organisation we are here. There's so much pre-work and plan that goes into this. Anyway, yes, there's an, there's an article on the blog about uh, supposedly how the uh, the recording is being haunted and stuff. And I know Susie has a bit of a like for things of a paranormal event. Yes, I'm event. a ghost hunter. Yes. NTPRT.org. <laughs> There's my plug. Do you like the way I set that up there? Just like, you know. Yes, that was sweet. Okay, I'm on the page. Okay, you're on the blog page, yeah? Sir? Yes, sir. Okay, and now can you see... Is this is the new set haunted? Let's see, click on it. Obviously, don't watch it all now if it will work, but that would be really interesting. <laughs> oh, if it works, you'll hear me squeal like a stuck pig. Holy shnikes! Are you kidding me? Is it playing? Uh, I, it's gotten further than it ever has. It says, is the being human set haunted? And it has click to play, and it's a, a oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to hit it. I got to. If this play... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize for the delay Ooh, while Susie it's goes It's playing! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It is playing! What okay. in the world? It's never played before! What okay. is up with that? I don't know, but after we finish recording, go watch it. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think yes, we'll go, I think we're gonna stop and go for a promo now, and we'll come back after the promo to talk about episode 4. Okay, so we'll speak oh, to yeah, you soon. Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch the promo. <laughs> okay, Susie, say bye. Bye. There are so many things to do in summer. Vacations, house cleaning, watching yet more disappointing Hollywood flicks. Why not spend some time with a great book? Or maybe write a great book yourself. August 2010, Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing is back. Well, we finally made it happen, Sean. It can be an ongoing source of inspiration and a continuing challenge. Now featuring a full staff of correspondents and reviewers, join us this August for exclusive coverage from Comic-Con International, the World Fantasy Convention, and the Campbell Awards, and other events around the country as we bring you best-selling authors, editors, artists, publishers, and new writers you need to know about. We'll also feature regular book reviews, videos, writing tips, and up-to-date publishing news. So don't waste your summer with books that leave you used and abused. Join us for fabulous reading with great writers. Subscribe today and settle down for a summer that brings back the Parsec Award-winning podcast like never before at adventuresinsci-fi-publishing.com. That's adventuresinsci-fi-publishing.com. So, what have we got left to look forward to? Us refugees. The flotsam and jetsam of death. Joking, isn't it?
Maybe. If we still deserve such a thing as mercy, we find each other. Okay, and we're back. And uh, that was an awesome promo. Well, okay, okay look, we don't even know what the promo is, do we? <laughs> <laughs> at the point we, awesome. at, yes, whatever it was, I'm sure it was awesome, but we would describe it in more detail if we actually knew what it was. But the point of recording, we don't. So, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I just think we should be a little bit more honest with our listeners, you know. So, anyway, episode three. Um, okay, so episode three, quick synopsis from uh, top of my head. And please note, I'm normally a lot more prepared for these episodes, and I'm not tonight, so God knows where this is going to go. But um, it starts off, I believe, with the whole recap of Bristol way back when with them uh, doing the whole Witchfinder weather and hunting down vampires and killing them in the catacombs and god knows what um and and then it goes on from there and and basically the whole episode is around um mitchell realizing that he needs to go pretty much against everything he believes in and become herrick to some extent to actually get the vampires back under control and it's really the the consequences for mitchell's actions coming home to roost that's really, uh, I think, the main theme of what happens in episode three. You know, is what goes around comes around to some extent. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yet again, for me, that opening scene with, um, um, well, it actually, start, the actually opening scene is of those, the the, um, the couple that have been attacked by the vampire by the riverbank, and the woman out walking, she's actually out jogging or walking a dog or something, isn't she? And she comes across, um, basically, the, the dead girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the dead girlfriend and the, the boyfriend who's in a pretty bad way, um, lying by the riverbank. And, um, uh, and it's a pretty bloody scene. And yet again, you sort of think, whoa, okay, the whole tone and feel for uh, the second season is just so much more adult and so much more uh, darker than the first season was. I don't know what your A lot more bloodier, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, we then go on to the bit in the catechisms, and that gives you the historical... It gives you a historical view of what happened last time the public at large were really truly aware of the existence of vampires and what the result of that was. So that gives you some context as to why Mitchell is um, willing to bend his values, you know, to uh, to try and cover things up again. Um, and uh, I mean, what was what was your first impressions and stuff and your feelings on episode three, Susie? It was a lot more darker, um, a lot more bloodier, but it kind of, I liked it. It, it went along, it answered a lot of uh, questions because after the other one, I had a lot, of, a little bit more, I had more questions. That's what each one of them seemed to be. I didn't really quite understand what Mitchell was doing, you know, with the doctor. I was like, kind of like what, what, is, what are they doing? Are they bringing someone else in? Um, I thought it was humorous in some parts. I mean, Annie just kills me. And I know I saw one interview where she was saying she doesn't try to be funny, 
but it comes across funny. But you know, what are you doing? Oh, you can't do it. Well, go take a bath then. You can find the bath, can't you? And just her the, her manner. I thought Annie really shone through in this, and it because before she was kind of on the side. I don't think they were doing as much. They, they weren't. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, just quick apologies that um, you're breaking up a little bit, Susie. Okay. So, so I apologize. Oh, not. No, no, you're better again now. Okay. okay. Well, and then, you know, the part with Mitchell, I thought it really kind of showed that Mitchell, because there at first, Mitchell was starting to be a, a whiny. I thought, remember before I had said that it looked like Mitchell's part, you know, that, that they had switched parts. Mm-hmm. But now, dug up, I guess you could say. Yeah, things are a bit bad. He was about... a badass. He yeah. was a badass. He scared me. I thought, oh, I don't want to meet him in a dark alley. He, no. But you're right. There are some absolutely, truly brilliant moments of comedy in this one. The, yeah. the whole bit where Nina decides that he's, she's going to get, um, oh, God, I forgot his name. Thingy, the guy who runs the pub. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name either. Oh, oh yeah, when they were dry. yeah. Oh, we are so bad at remembering names. Anyway, um, it'll come back to him <laughs> in a minute. Anyway, his girlfriend Kirsty. It was him. It, it was um. Oh, her. Anyway, we all know who I'm talking about. Um, Blonde-headed boy that runs yeah. the So we want to get him back with his girlfriend Kirsty. So Andy comes up with this fantastic plan of getting George to be like the worst boyfriend ever. To remind, make her realise how great, you know, uh, great he was, and um, and so was it. George books her to go to this, this Art Nouveau, where it is, God knows what art house, German, thing. and then eat German food, and she loves it. Yeah, the kebabs <laughs> and thing. and oh yeah, and and it's like it's like her best day ever, and it's like oh god. <laughs> And I love the fact that, you know, it's when George finally stops listening to Annie and just sorts it out himself that everything works out. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and so it's just, it, it, it's such a brilliantly well-written insight into the way that blokes work. The, the whole scene where Annie set up the whole intervention for Mitchell and, and George and their friendship and, and <laughs> yeah. sat the, on the sofa it's like it's like you okay yeah I'm okay yeah a bit yeah yeah fine okay and she's like is that it you know she says yeah well we're sorted now <laughs> and it's like and Mitchell Mitchell tells her he goes but I know he's hurting who wouldn't be hurting after what he's been through yeah. and then they get upset over the TV show. Yeah, and then they realise that they missed the real hustle because the TV schedules change and they completely lose it and they're sobbing and they're crying. It's just brilliant <laughs> because it is, oh, God, that's what blokes are like. We, we don't... grab the, the gloves to go clean. I'm going to go clean now. Yes. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just... Because it's this whole bit around... Blokes don't sit around chatting for hours about the innermost in-depth levels of our emotions and stuff. We just don't. We can <laughs> we can deal with the whole of that in like a thirty-second conversation, which Annie still doesn't understand. And but they got completely and totally devastated over the fact they'd missed the program they're looking forward to watching. It's a whole bit about was it the people scamming cash machines or something? Yeah. It's like, oh, I really was looking forward to that. <laughs> And yeah, Mitchell pulling his marigolds on. It's just, oh, it's brilliant. You know, 
and and there's so many bits. I mean, it's a really dark episode. Um, the bit where you've got um the theme the theme of vampire, the one that used to work in the kitchen at um um at the hospital, who um Herrick turned, who I'm so bad with names today. Um, <laughs> sorry, I must be getting this cold. I can't bear my damn thing. Um, oh, anyway, the um, yeah. Anyway, she when she's at the shopping mall and she sees those two bratty kids picking on the other kid, um, so she kills them both in the alleyway. You know, that's pretty brutal. I mean, she's killing school kids, and it's I like know, whoa. They were fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So you go from one part of the episode where. You've essentially got minors being, you know, you know, children being killed, and then the next minute you've got this just genius comic type moments, and, and I guess it goes back again to what I know we've said previously is that you know, both of us are are fans of Joss Whedon and Joss Whedon's shows. Well, yeah, but they were not just innocent little children sitting there; they were being mean to them. Oh, and it, yeah, it, it turns out later on that they're not exactly the uh, pillars of society. These kids, yeah. You know? But you know, what I was always going to say was that um, one of the things that drives people to be fans of Whedon shows is the quality of the writing and the the dialogue between the characters and the interplay and the the humour interjected into the dark moments and stuff and that's what's great about being human is being human to has all that you know um so yeah so the whole i guess wrapping up that whole um um oh, still trying to remember his name is it derek derek or carl or something like that or i don't know him and Kirsty, anyway, it's really nice the way that they get back together again at the end. I love the bit in the kitchen where Annie's watching her in the kitchen and she puts the plate down and then she pauses, stops, and then she picks up and she tries it. Yeah. And it's just the, that, the symbolism and stuff of that, and uh, it's it's very well. Annie misses being able to take care of everybody because whenever she first came into the bedroom with George, yeah. whenever George was sulking like a little titty baby, you know, she came in and sat down, and she was like, nope. You know, he drank it, and he goes, what's that? She goes, water. water. Yeah. I just got There's forgot no pyra- pyramid tea bag. What's a pyramid tea bag, dude? Okay, it's what I was just drinking a minute ago. Um, okay, do you want me to bring some pyramid tea bags with me? Please, and I'll bring you some. Um, I can know. Am I going to get arrested by U.S. Customs for bringing foodstuffs into the country or something? Um, no, 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 stick, stick it in your clothes. Tea, tea bags. Stick Are, it is my... it a brand? Okay, okay. Um, there's a brand of tea called PG Tips, um, and PG Tips do a pyramid tea bag, I, and we have PG Tips. And, it's, and the, the bag, instead of being, you know, like most tea bags are like a flat, rectangular type thing, the, yes. it, it, it literally, it's a pyramid. It, it's shaped like a pyramid. And the logic being, according to their advertising, that the pyramid bag allows the tea to circulate around inside the bag better and you get a better cup of tea. Uh, oh, Lipton makes that in some of their different flavors. They're pretty. So. Oh, yeah, stick some in a bag. I want some real English tea. Definitely yes. stick well, some in a baggie for me. Well, PG, as far as I can okay. Um, the weird thing is, is when you travel, you can always get what's referred to as English breakfast tea. 
Okay, it's normally Liptons yeah. or Twinings or whatever, yeah. But that's not what I drink when I'm at home, <laughs> you know. It's that like you go to the supermarkets in the UK and there's a lot of tea, you know. And, um, uh, but I, you know, we drink PG chips and stuff and you just can't get it abroad very easily. So I'll bring some tea bags with me. I should try and remember. Oh, yeah, tea definitely bags. bring some of that. You go into our stores down here in Texas, you get beer. Yes. <laughs> I'll buy you a beer, okay. Dragon Con. Cool. Anyway, so I'm losing all track of everything now. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so there's the whole bit with Kirsty and um, and uh, and Annie and George and stuff, and it's all very uh, sweet and funny and brilliantly well written and it's great because you need all that bit in there to take the edge off of how dark the whole Mitchell storyline is becoming um, oh but it's so good though I mean it's getting yeah. so intricate and it's great the way that uh, they finally get rid of the bug from the house because George washes the kebab grease off his glasses and uh, washes the bug down the drain but but he's looking at his glasses and you're thinking oh he's going to find it he's going to find it yeah but he hasn't got his glasses on so how's he going to see yeah. it <laughs> I don't know. He's gonna feel it. <laughs> but um, but unfortunately, um, you know, they do hear enough to hear that they've opened the funeral parlour up again. You know, which is a clear sign of Mitchell putting the business back in place. Um, and you get the whole insight into how things worked with Herrick because you got the 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 head of the police in the area, the chief constable, uh, who's completely um, being paid off by the vampires. Um, and then you've got the coroner, who they end up blackmailing to cover up any bodies that get through. And uh, it's a very efficient process that the vampires have got in place to manage all that. And well, it's now, the... is it just me, mm-hmm. but did you not get the sense the, of the realisation of, even though Herrick was a big dork, he really kept everybody together. He really ran it efficient. He was very organized. He was very thorough. And that, I oh, don't know, yeah. oh, you God. think maybe Mitchell kind of misses him a little bit? No, no, yeah, I mean, now Herrick, Mitchell's thrown into daddy role. No, no, Herrick was a vicious bastard, but he was an efficient vicious bastard. Yes, you know? he was. And he, he kept everybody together. Yeah, he, he, ran, he ran a tight shop. And... um. And I think I don't think Mitchell ever. I mean, Mitchell got on fire with Herrick. Mitchell didn't have a problem with Herrick doing what Herrick did. Mitchell's problem came when Herrick decided that he'd had enough of the vampires being behind the scenes, and he wanted to create this new world order. And Mitchell wanted to stop that. I don't think he ever really particularly wanted to kill Herrick or stop no. Herrick. He just wanted yeah. Herrick to change his mind, and the situation got to the point where. It became down to it, it's pack, you know, it's what animals in in in, um, in the world, isn't it? That you know, Herrick was the alpha male, you know, in the vampire community, and Mitchell turned around and said, "I don't want you to do this anymore," and that was only going to end one way, which was Mitchell was going to have to challenge Herrick for leadership of the pack, you know, and the outcome of that was that Mitchell is now in charge. Um, Mitchell doesn't particularly want that 
you know, I love the fact. I mean, Daisy. I know you don't. You're not the biggest fan of Daisy, but I still think Daisy's awesome. And Daisy's oh, no, but I. She's yeah. great in this episode. The way she just niggles and haggles and hassles Mitchell and provokes him to the point where he has to go through with, you know. But she was being such an antagonist. I mean, when she could have kept her mouth shut, why was I, she doing that? Was she doing that to make Mitchell grow a pair and face up to what he needed to do? In part because I think she she thought he was being hypocritical. Okay, and okay. in part because I think she just thought it was bloody funny. You know, she's one of the older vampires. And, yeah, uh, I liked it when she said when she told Mitchell, she was like. You know, you're forgetting about something here, Mitchell. A lot of these people didn't choose this life. Some of us chose it, and we can deal with it. Some of these did not choose it, and they don't have a choice. And I thought that really spoke volumes because she was trying to make him see you can't make them into something. Well, not just that, but she's right. If you look, you know, she said there's been Mitchell didn't just stop drinking blood. He's fell off yeah. the wagon a few times, and when he fell off the wagon, it was Herrick that cleaned up after him. And yeah, someone like, was there to wipe the walls yeah. down and bury the bones. So if you want us to all go clean, you need to put the infrastructure back in place to allow us to do it in a gradual manner. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... So I think he reopens the funeral parlour for all the right reasons, but he's being dragged back into... He's basically being dragged into becoming Herrick, and it's driving... That's what the, I thought. Yeah. It's driving a wedge between him and Annie and George. It's they are they are fragmenting, you know, because they are a very tight group in the first first series, and so far in the second series, they they are being split apart by circumstance. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so you have all that, and so you got Mitchell's sort of continued spiral down into darkness. You got George who's pretty much, you think, dealing with the whole Nina situation until the end, and I'll save the end for a minute. Um, yeah. And then you've got um, Annie, who is just being brilliant, and Annie, you know, and uh, <laughs> bless her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. I mean, it's, it's a great episode. I mean, I really love the second season. Um, I love the first season, but I mean, I, I, can't, I'm, I can't wait for you to watch more of the second season. And uh, um, in fact, you should probably try and watch as much of it as you can before Dragon Con, especially if we go beyond the panel. Because there'll be people around that panel who will have seen the whole of the second season, obviously. So uh, I shall relinquish my former restraint. You can go and watch it all if you like. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you! I'm free! But as I said as I said before, keep notes. We want to hear your views as we go along. So, so on the subject of your views as we go along, and this will lead into, I guess, the, uh, the other part of this episode. Um, last time we spoke, we were talking about the relationships and you were talking about um, uh, Mitchell and Mitchell's uh, Mitchell's relationship with um, old the female doctor. Yeah. But why is it with me and bloody names tonight? That's all right. What's her name? The doctor. Everybody Lucy. knows what you're talking about. Lucy is Lucy, isn't it? Is it Lucy? Yeah, it's Lucy. God's sake. <laughs> anyway, his relationship with Lucy. And um, 
uh, and how uh, and okay, if I remember correctly, your thoughts on that were that she's potentially there as the like the love interest for Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. So, at the end of episode three, what did you think then? Because this is the bit that I've been sat on my hands on for bloody months now. Okay. <laughs> and I'm so, you so going to kick you for not telling me about yeah. that because when I saw it and Lisa. Tobias was here. Lisa can attest to it. I went, oh, no way, no way. I was screaming. I was just like, no, she's not there. She is not doing that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, so, I was so for anyone that hasn't, like, for some bizarre reason, not watched episode three before listening to this, which would just be strange. But obviously what we're talking about is the big reveal at the end of episode three that Lucy is Lucy Jagger, i.e. Professor Jagger, i.e. the person that's Kemp's boss and behind the whole blowing up werewolves in pressure chambers and everything else. And also the person that Nina has now gone to for help. You know, our Nina, she, Nina, who we all love. she knows Mitchell's a, a vampire because she keeps telling the other guy, she keeps telling him, oh, no, he's different, he's different, he'll change, he'll change. And I'm like, yes. oh, my so God. So the whole time, the whole relationship so far, the whole thing with her meeting up with Mitchell is her playing him. The whole time in the bar when she was, like, saying, tell me about yourself, what do you do, you must have some secrets and stuff, is her fishing for information about Mitchell and what Mitchell is really like. You know. And you have to think, you know what, in the back of your head, no matter what you're thinking, you have to sit back and look at her and go, you go, girl. Yeah, you manipulative. <laughs> no, 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 it's you go, girl. So, because he has no idea, Mr. I've lived for a long time and I know everything and I've killed more people. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's playing blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You just got to say. But it's... Okay, because I'm glad you had that reaction because I had the same reaction. When I watched it, I got to episode three, saw who it was, and I was like, what the, you know, what? You know? And, but when you. Hey, that's not as exciting as my first reaction when uh, you and I started chatting at first on this before we recorded. And you're like, no, 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 save it, save it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, the. We're chatting, chatting to other fans and reading comments online, though, a hell of a lot of folks in the UK watching it saw that coming a mile off. A lot of people really did realise way back, right at the start when you first met her, who she was. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, you what? I mean, wow. I must admit, I'm not the best person at spotting stuff like this. Yeah, I try my best not to overanalyze TV shows and I watch them because I like first time I watch them just to enjoy watching them. Um, and therefore I tend to get caught out by these things. And I'm glad about that because I think it's better in a way to have that surprise at the end. But you look at the situation we're now in from the end of episode three. You've got Nina who is basically a werewolf now and has decided she doesn't want to be a werewolf and she's been promised all this help by Professor Jagger and Kemp. Um, you've got Professor Jagger, who is, meanwhile, in a relationship with Mitchell, and Mitchell's completely unaware of the danger that he's in and the link between where Nina is now at and what's going on. You've got George, who gets this phone call from Nina saying, I want you to carry on with your life and stuff, and I love you and everything else, which completely puts George back, right back where he was before. 
you know. Um, but hopefully now puts George in a position where he can then build from there. And you've got Annie, who's, who's no longer in her odd state of being corporeal to some extent. She's back yeah. to being a ghost proper. Um, and she's got to come to terms with the fact that she's got all these evil people trying to drag her to hell or whatever. Um, and, you know, what she's, is that about? She didn't she's seem like thing. a particularly nasty person. And yet, here's that thing saying, we're going to take you to hell. And I'm like, holy crap, what? Wait and see. Oh. <laughs> killing me. I tell you, you're so good with taking like, the day off work tomorrow and just watching Being Human, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I am. I'm about to download it onto my um, iPhone. You're and pulling all night I'm going to hold it in my lap, and that's where I'm going to be during the meeting. I'm going to be looking like I'm looking at my papers. Yep. Hey, this is going to be re- uh, done after. It's not going to be. Okay, good. Hmm? I did, uh, we're not putting. <laughs> we're, this isn't going to be uh, aired until after this week, so I can say this. I won't get in trouble. No, I'm no. I'm going to on my iPhone down, <laughs> and I'm going to look like I'm looking at my papers, and I'm going to flip the pages ever so often, but my head will be down. Looking at it, it works really well. <laughs> I've gotten away with it so many times so far. But you sit there and you just look at it and you turn your pages ever so often so people think you're paying attention. And then you just look up and nod your head. No matter what, just nod your head and you're good. <laughs> Works. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, um, so overall, your, your thoughts on episode three? I thought it was really good. Uh, very comical. It gave it that kind of a little bit of an ease up from all of the, I guess it gave you kind of that even keel for a little bit. You needed that little break Mm because everything was so intense, but yet it was intense in its own way. I loved the way Mitchell, you know, turned into a badass. Yeah. I must admit, yeah, the one thing that, okay, is is, this maybe a bit controversial. The bit where he doesn't kill the vampire he just basically locks her up downstairs. In the, but he the tore tombs. her teeth out. I, I tore her teeth out so she couldn't feed, yeah? Oh. Um, but the impression I, I get so. is they grow back, okay? Now... I still felt bad for when, her. Yeah, I but mean, when, I, really when I watched it, when I watched that episode, all I could think was, that is so good, come back and bite you on the arse. Because yeah, his whole control structure is based on the fact that He's 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 big enough badass to take any of them out, kill any of them if they fall out of line. All it takes is somebody yeah, to discover her, and that whole power and that whole control is gone. In, and to some extent, given how many people he's killed, okay, and she's a vampire. She's not human. She's a vampire. Part of me just thinks, why the hell didn't you just kill her? I mean, I I know, I know, I know, but you just think. You just watch that thinking, oh, for God's sake, that is just so good. Come back and screw you over later on. It's yeah. almost like he's Spike, you know, with a soul or Angel with yes. a soul, you know. He yeah. just He can't bring himself to do it. And you just, you think, God, he just so needs to do it. And if he did, he would just, oh, I don't know. But maybe if he did, it would push him too far down the, the dark path. But oh, I love the fact that the police, police con- chief constable as well, his whole view is that um, 
he basically points the vampires in the direction of repeat offenders and criminals that they're struggling to lock yeah. up again or or you know get enough evidence on you know that's that's his way of justifying it to himself they he uses the vampires to clean up the the bad elements off the streets and Mitchell is just appalled by by that you know um but again, you could sort of see where he's coming from. It's like he's, yeah, from his perspective, he's he's doing the right thing. He's, you know, he's off protecting society from from the evil doers, and he's saving the economy money by not locking these people up. He just, you know, keeps the vampires yeah. happy. He gets a load of money for it, and he gets rid of all the bad guys. But Jesus, you know, makes his job easy. I didn't like that guy, and I thought when he was being pompous to Mitchell, I thought. Dude, you better watch your back. All it takes is Mitchell one quick snap, and you're dead. And I was like, you have a lot of kahunas for talking to him like that. Yeah. But, um... It's, um... Yeah, that whole, that whole bit, though, that whole relationship and uh, the expectation of what the vampires will do for him is it's it's very interesting and it is literally all about Mitchell being put in that awkward situation where you know he's being expected and the whole bit where he has to blackmail the coroner by giving him pictures of his kids his grandkids and stuff you know it's just it's such a heroic moment for Mitchell isn't it yeah I think it is so, no, I so I, I agree. I think it's a great episode. I think it's got some real good dark and, and comedy moments layered in with it, um, and uh, it, it sets things up nicely. Yeah, it, it's it's just about the right point in the second season to start revealing a bit more information. And again, the whole bit in the hospital where, um, yeah, that boy you know committed suicide in quotes. And um, um, th- there's so much more meaning to the conversation that Lucy has with Mitchell about, you know, when she's joking about vampires and stuff and about, um, you know, he was murdered, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't suicide, I know it, and so on and so forth. You take those conversations and layer over the top of them the knowledge that, Jack, you know, she's Jagger and she knows all about vampires. You know. Oh, I know, and all of her reference to vampire sex this, vampire sex that, it's like, okay, chick, you got a fetish with the vampires, yeah. and you're looking at them, and you're, uh, I know where this is going. But there's a whole different context to that conversation when you realize she's she's not coming from a member of the public laughing and huh? joking. She's coming exactly. from a position of someone of, of knowledge, you know. So. I know, and it makes me think, oh, man, what are you doing? But then you think, like you said, She's fishing him for information, you know, kind of like, you know, almost like, haha, I know what you are. Okay. Well, um, anything else you want to say about episode three? I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I really, I really liked this. So far, so far this, you know, I've only seen three episodes, but so far this one's my favorite. Yeah, no, it, it's a really good episode. The, I think... It's the frustration, isn't it? Is that we we'd like to be a little bit more harsher? You know, it'd be good if we could um, discuss. You know, a lot of shows you discuss them. You go, actually, this episode wasn't so good. Or, you know, we've reviewed the whole of the season one with three episodes in the season two. We haven't got a bad episode t- to refer to. You know, so anyway, um, 
I've got nothing else to add on episode three. Um, I think it's going to be interesting moving forwards now to see your views on how the relationships change and uh, um, and also obviously we can now start getting more into the whole relationship between Lucy and Mitchell but with us as the viewing audience knowing her real agenda. I know, it's and, going to be exciting. And more to the point, yeah, if um, you, you, know, you watch the, the trailer sort of thing at the end of a, um, episode three, talking about episode four, and you've got Nina in the compression chamber. You've got that coming up. Oh, I know, I saw previews. I'm about, that's the, I can't wait to see that one. Yeah. So, and you know what happened last time somewhere in there in the full moon. I know. The only bad thing is I'm only going to be able to, in the meeting, I'm only going to be able to wear one earpiece because I can hide it with my hair. And so I'm going to have to cover up the other earpiece because of playing it so no one hears it. <sighs> well, they've heard it before in a meeting. And I'm like, and they're like, where's that noise coming from? I'm like, oh gosh, there must be kids outside playing or something. Asked. <sighs> I hope none of your students listen to this. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I think on, on that note, we'll, we'll wrap up our discussion episode three, uh, and we'll be back in a minute to, to close this thing off. We'll see you later. Okay. Oh, I'll see you later, guys. All over the world, people are rushing to chuckchat.com to listen to Radio Yesterday, the greatest collection of all-time radio in podcast form. Horror, comedy, mystery, science fiction, Radio Yesterday has it all. Join your host Chuck Tomasi to discover new shows or rediscover lost favorites. Use the latest RSS technology and never miss a single episode. Don't delay, hurry to chuckchat.com and pick up your copy of Radio Yesterday. Okay, and, and we're back. Um, so uh, uh, that's it. I think we're done for episode three. Um, there's not a lot else I've got to say. Um, I guess usual messages. Um, please leave us comments, send us feedback. Um, as you may have noticed, we've mixed things up now in terms of the format of the show. You've now got the these sort of main episodes uh, every four weeks. Uh, and in between, when whereas before you were having a mini episode with me then you know a month later mini episode with Susie um my mini episodes will carry on being while of being human stories so please 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 keep sending them in uh cuz uh, we want them uh, whereas Susie you're now using your mini episodes to read through um kinky clauses or uh, well, the awesome I should say kinky clauses um fanfic which uh, the first chapter yeah. that you read through um, and, and I have two people that have read for me, so it's not just me reading. I have guest readers that are going to be reading it. Yep. Or be going up. So, obviously, if you think you can't wait, because in terms of schedule, you've had the first episode, and then it's going to be two months before you get the second episode, because, you know, that's just how the schedule works out. A month later, you'll get a while of being human. A month after that, you'll get another fanfic and so on and so forth. So you're only going to get this every other month. Um, if you want more of it and you want it, you know, want to try and squeeze some other ones in here or there or whatever, then you need to let us know. Um, and equally, 
you know, if you've got any feedback on what you think of the fiction as we start working our way through the chapters, then uh, then please post comments and stuff because you know it'd be great to to give uh, give the author some feedback on on how things are going. I mean, I I I must admit I've deliberately not read any of it, um, and I, I mean I'm enjoying listening to it as you know Susie is putting it up on the uh, the podcast so uh, uh, I'm looking forward to listening to more of it uh, I enjoyed the first episode a lot so um, so thank you again public thanks quickly there to uh, to Kinky Claws again for, for letting us uh, air, air her work um, yeah, much appreciated thank you, thank you. Um, so uh, but yes, you know how to leave us, contact us, yeah, uh, go on the contact us section, all the information you need's in there. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm done. Um, Susie, final comments, thoughts, words, anything? Um, if you want to be a guest reader and read some of the chapters, let us know, send us an email. I'll send you a chapter to read. You can record it, and we'll play it. That would be great. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap it up there because I think the uh, the audio line's starting to break up again a bit, so uh, I think we'll call it a day. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we do appreciate it. And we'll uh, hopefully, well, hopefully, we, if any of you are going to DragonCon, please come and find myself and Susie and introduce yourself because we'd love to meet you. Um, and if not then uh, we look forward to speaking to you again uh, very soon. Oh, we ought to set up a designated spot where they can maybe come meet us. Look for it. They can come to the uh, Being Human panel and they can meet us there. Yep, yep, that'd be perfect. So uh, we'll be there. Okay. Um, Thanks again, Susie, and we'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Bye. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touchpaper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.